Today we start in John chapter 10, uh, verse 1, and this is God's word, John 10, verse 1. Jesus continues, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And let's pray one more time. Father... May the truth be spoken and received here today in Jesus' name, amen. Well, back uh, quite a few years ago, 15 years ago or so, uh, it was Dr. Young's first trip to India, and I went with him. And uh, it was, it's quite a scene over there in India. It's uh, different than here. Uh, you don't just teach a 30-minute lesson. Uh, they go, oh, get up. Uh, it's uh, 10 o'clock. Uh, you get up and uh, uh, keep going until Dr. Young gets here. And about 1.30, you're like, uh, I'm halfway through all the notes I brought to this country, and uh, you're, still, I'm, you're still going. I mean, it's just a totally different experience. And um, so I, I did the mornings, Dr. Young did the afternoons, and uh, we were teaching large blocks. And, you know, he's big and loud and dramatic, and there's 350 Indian pastors sitting in this big room. Uh, they all have their shoes off. I don't because I, I need the arch support. Um, but they've all got their shoes off, and they're listening intently and all that. And after a week of it... It's kind of funny, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Young uh, had uh, said, uh, <clears throat> well, you know, my, vo- my voice is very, uh, you know, he said, I, I don't care if I teach again uh, this whole trip, you know, I've, I've, I'm pretty much spent. And so he said that three or four or five times, and uh, he didn't really mean it. But we all thought that he meant it, including the Indian guys who, who were listening. And uh, so anyway... We went off one night out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it was five hours away in some village church. And I mean, when I say village church, it was like you're going to the bathroom in the woods and you're taking a flashlight and you're watching out for snakes. Uh, and there's only one light bulb and it's in the church. And uh, it's, it was just way the heck out there. But an elder had died at that church. And um, one of us, one of the visiting American people, were going to preach the elder's funeral. And uh, everybody thought didn't, Dr. Young didn't want to teach anymore, so, th- so they asked me. And so I, I was like, oh, okay. So I wrote a message uh, for this funeral. It was on Psalm 23. And uh, I'm only telling you this. It, this is just not really germane to the whole point, but it was hilarious because they uh, say, okay, blah, 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 blah. I get up and I preach. And as soon as I sat down, Dr. Young leans over and he goes, I thought I was supposed to do that. Like he had a whole sermon ready to go. <laughs> I just got up first. Anyway, it's kind of a funny thing. Anyway, all to say... All to say, the thing that stands out to me on that trip was 
you know, when we went kind of off-road and we were going to this Indian village church, you know, in this broken down old van, there was a, it was, the sun was almost set and there was a snag in the, in the road. I mean like a dirt road, dirt road, three miles of a dirt road. And it was a flock of sheep and there was a shepherd. And uh, it was just amazing to watch the shepherd because, you know, in, in the United States, or I should say not the United States, but the West, Western shepherds, you know, we have like dogs that round them up and uh, that, you know, kind of the corral them and, you know, we kind of we muscle them into place. But, the, but an Eastern shepherd model is very much like this kind of a shepherd model where this guy was tender with them and he had this big, long kind of stick with, a, uh, with like a hanky on it and uh, he wasn't whipping them with him. He was just like... Whoosh. Touching them, and it was almost kind of like, "It's okay, Chester. It's okay, Sally." You know, it was just like these loving little touches, and he was just tenderly leading this flock, and they were they were tenderly following him. And I was just overcome because I'm like, I'm preaching the 23rd Psalm, and I'm seeing this actual shepherd. I mean, it was just one of the coolest moments in my my ministry life. At the same time, this guy was leading them; he was walking beside them uh, and tending to them. Um, and I start that way because obviously Jesus is making a reference to um, a shepherd. And, you know, um, a, a, a big shepherd psalm uh, is the one I just uh, cited. Uh, psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When Jesus compares himself to a shepherd, he's comparing himself to that kind of a shepherd. Um, not, not a taskmaster, but a tender shepherd of a strange little thing called a sheep. Um, Psalm 23 uh, and what Jesus is describing here is full of um, personal, um, tender uh, relationship. Um, it, it's personal interaction, and that's what Jesus is talking about um, when he makes reference to being a shepherd. All right, so our, um, our big point here today is there is only thief or shepherd and nothing in between. Um, that's what Jesus is saying here. Uh, one more thing before we go to our first point. Um, chapter 10 kind of moves into a new section of the Gospel of John, and it needs to be taken in context. And when I say that, I mean you have to pay attention to what happened um, in chapter 9. Namely, Jesus healed a blind man who was, who was blind from birth. Jesus heals this guy, and the blind man, if you remember, encounters two entities. Entity number one is this Jesus who invested in him and um, healed him and helped him and then came back later and sought him out and redeemed him. <laughs> and then the other entity this blind man came in contact with were the religious authorities. And they weren't thrilled about his gaining his sight. All they were thinking about was indicting Jesus. And uh, in fact, this man was a, ended up being a Christ follower, so they expected. And they threw him out. They excommunicated him. So he runs into two entities. One uh, calls themselves the shepherds of Israel, religious leadership. And you see how he's treated. And the other one calls himself the good shepherd. And you see how he's treated. Very important uh, for us to, to view where we just came from. Remember, um, John the gospel writer and the Holy Spirit of God is cataloging not every single event that Jesus ever did, but certain events so, so that we might see some theological truth. There's a reason 
10 comes after 9. It's not just chronological. Uh, other things happen too. But the, the gospel writer, ultimately the Holy Spirit, wants us to see this good shepherd um, sidled right up to uh, the way this blind man was treated. Remember, one claimer uh, to be a shepherd um, threw him out, and the other one who claimed to be a shepherd sought him out. Thus, our main idea. All right, that brings us nicely to our first point, which is the legitimate shepherd enters through the door. Uh, verse 1, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the, the sheepfold by the door, <clears throat> but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and robber. Well, first of all, there's some debate as to whether this is a parable or an allegory. Um, you know, in verse, uh, where is it, uh, verse 6, it says this figure of speech. I don't know what you have in your Bible translation, this figure of speech. But um, that, is not, uh, that is not the word for parable. Um, it's more like an allegory. Jesus doesn't say, there once was a man who, da-da-da. He's not, he's not doing that. Um, rather, he's giving a teaching illustration. He's giving an allegory. Uh, that said, in verse 1, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door... Um, uh, but climbs in by another way is a thief and a robber. Uh, other translations for sheepfold in, in Bibles are sheep pen. Um, and the idea is one of two things. No one's really sure exactly, but, uh, and it might be a reference to both. But uh, uh, Israelite homes, uh, Roman homes particularly, would have a courtyard area. And so there was uh, the house and there was this courtyard thing in the middle, like Mar Mar courtyard by Marriott. Marriott. There was a thing in the middle. And uh, at night, often they would close their gates and bring in their, their sheep. And that would normally be like a smaller flock. And so the shepherd might know them by name, Dave and Bob and, you know, Chester and all that. Um, or uh, there was a sheep pen out kind of in the pasture land. And, um, and that seems to be uh, in verse 3 when it says, to him the gatekeeper opens. Um, that, that's, that's, that's probably the idea. There would be a giant penned-in area. There were wild animals in Palestine back then, uh, just like, you know, animals get Millie's chickens. Um, still wild animals running around. But they would have a penned-in area, and multiple flocks would go into this penned area. So at night, you know, in the daytime, they're out there with the shepherd, and they're grazing and all that. But at night, they would put them in this big, giant, enclosed area, and all the sheep were mingled together, and several different flocks. And uh, so there's a gatekeeper, and the gatekeeper knows the shepherd. He knows he's not a, a charlatan or a thief, and he, he lets the, the, the shepherd in and so on. And uh, so it was probably one of those uh, big, giant pens uh, that have uh, multiple flocks in it. Jesus is making a very simple point. The real shepherd comes in, by the way, that is legitimate. He's saying that anybody that climbs in by another way is a thief and a robber. The real shepherd, the gatekeeper goes, ah, Sam the shepherd, Sam shepherd, uh, and he <laughs> opens the gate to the shepherd, the real shepherd, um, and Jesus is making very, a very clear distinction. Um, if, the, if, it's, if you don't come in by the legitimate way, full of malice, there is no in-between. Now, th th this is an illustration Jesus employed to convey a truth, but we have to ask the question, what is the sheepfold? What is, being, what is being talked about here in this, this uh, teaching illustration? What is the sheephold? Some people go, well, you know, um, the sheephold, and this is why it's so important to take it in context, too. Some people will go, oh, the sheephold folds heaven, 
and you get into heaven. And, you know, later on, Jesus says, and we'll get to it in a second, when he says, I am the door of the sheep in verse 7, yeah, there's, there's definitely uh, eternal life stuff going on. But is the, sheep, is the sheep fold or the sheep pen, is it heaven? Um, I, I, don't, I don't think so, because thieves and robbers can't break into it. I don't, think it's, I don't think it can mean heaven. Thieves and robbers can't break into it. Some people go, well, the sheepfold is the church. Well, yeah, but it says in verse 3 that uh, the sheep hear his voice. He, opens, he calls the sheep by his name, and he leads them out. Well, Jesus doesn't lead people out of the church, so the sheepfold can't be the church. So what is the context? Again, Jesus has been dealing with the Jewish leadership. Uh, he keeps speaking uh, of a singled out uh, character uh, for himself and a mission for himself and a relationship with God for himself uh, and an authority that he has uh, in himself uh, given to him. And then he demonstrates supernatural power by healing this blind guy. Jesus makes claims about himself. And remember, John is recording this, the Holy Spirit's recording this so that we don't miss it. The sheepfold is the household of Judaism. Remember, we're talking about the religious leadership. And Jesus is saying, you know, when he says, um, uh, everyone who came before me uh, is, a, is a thief. All who came before me, verse 8, are thieves and robbers. The sheep did not listen to them. All who came before me are sheep and robbers. He's not talking about the prophets. not talking about th- those who came before him. He's talking about the religious leadership that, that has a stranglehold on the truth of God that has layer and layer and layer upon the law, has a religious system uh, in which they could be powerful. And he's saying that they're thieves and robbers. Um, let, me, let me give you a couple more things here. This is, you don't have to turn, but let me, I'm, I'm already there. But in, uh, in Psalm 80, listen to this. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. You who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh. Stir up your might and come, save us. So you've got this God in this saving position referred to in the scriptures as a, as a, as a, as a shepherd. There, there are redemptive overtones to, to this uh, description of God, and it's a foreshadow of Jesus. Also, you know, many times in the scriptures, um, the people are thought of as sheep. And it's not, some, it's not some wonderful compliment. Oh, you're so white and fluffy and cuddly. Uh, that's not it. You're dumb. And you get lost easily. And you don't forage for food well. And you have no defense mechanisms. I mean, somebody wants to go up and eat a sheep. What are the sheep going to do? Eh, eh, they're, just, they're just big puffballs. They can't do anything. They can't defend themselves. They get lost. And there, there are also stories. You can read all kinds of millions of things about sheep. But there are all kinds of stories about sheep. Like... Uh, if uh, one of them, I don't know about you, but our dog goes out in the grass, our neurotic idiot dog, sweet little thing, uh, goes out in, the, in a, the grass, and, you know, she'll, she'll think she sees something, and she'll, like a cat, she'll go like, Bruh! you know, there's nothing there, but, Bruh! yay, that's jumpy. A sheep will, like, five sheep will see some sheep do that. And then when they all walk by, they go, bah, bah, bah. I mean, there are all kinds of funny stories about how dumb sheep are. It's not a flattering compliment. But listen to this. From Psalm 119. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant. The people of Israel are called sheep. How about this? Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. That's what sheep do. They go astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And by the way, also in Ezekiel, 
Yeah, here it is. In Ezekiel, um, the leaders are accused of not leading the flock, and a promise is made for God himself to do the seeking. Um, Check this out. Um, Oh, my goodness. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. The leadership, the religious leadership, prophesy against them. It goes on, verse 7. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey, my sheep have become food for wild beasts, since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for the sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep, therefore, you shepherds, hear hear the word of the Lord. Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, for that they may not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, behold, I... I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. That's the underlayment of of Jesus claiming to be the good shepherd. The religious leadership knows this. Jewish people know their scriptures. They know there's a long history of of God being disappointed in the religious leadership who who call themselves shepherds, God referring to uh, the household of Israel as sheep, and God having a plan to to bring about a good shepherd where where he, he himself will search out the sheep and seek them out and save them. That's what Jesus is talking about. So back to John 10. Who shepherded the blind man well? Jesus, the good shepherd. Who healed him? The good shepherd. Who sought him out? The good shepherd. Who cared about him and threw him out? The fake shepherds, the thieves, the robbers. You know, in verse 2, it goes on, he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. By the way, you go, how, if you combine flocks, how do you get the, the sheep separated again? Easy. They know the shepherd's voice. The shepherd of flock number six walks in and says, hey, Tucky, 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 tucky. And they go, oh, that's our shepherd. And they come. And he leads them out to pasture. Um, and the next one comes in. Shepherd number three comes in. And he's got his own voice. And they, he leads them out uh, safely to pasture. In verse four, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. They're following his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Um, application for your life. Um, there are... Two main criteria by which uh, we may tell real shepherds from sheep stealers, all right? The first one is this, is the way the shepherd approaches. Um, the, appro- the shepherd approaches in a legitimate way. The, the, the shepherd approaches with intent uh, to save. And then the second thing that we, that we, the second criteria is the shepherd's voice, which is recognized. Um, in fact, in one of the uh, in one of my commentaries on the so- in the margin, I wrote the word canon. Um, in other words, the biblical canon. Why are some books in the Bible and not in the other and not others? Um, I, the short answer: the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. <laughs> That's the short answer. I mean, you can have a long answer. I've got stacks of books I could give you to read that'll blow your mind. But the short answer is the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. We know what the scriptures are. If somebody reads you the Gospel of Thomas or the Koran, you're going to go, whoa, 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 
That, 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 doesn't, that doesn't ring true. Why, how do you know that? Did you go to, do you have a degree? Did you go to seminary? Or did you just hear the voice of the shepherd? Anyway, the last thing I want to do uh, here, uh, and the last, one of the last things I want to say to apply this is this. I don't want to politicize a pulpit at all. Uh, I'm, I'm very careful not to do that. I don't put political signs in my yard. Um, I haven't since I got into the ministry because I, I don't want my neighbors to hate me for any reason except that uh, the gospel's offensive, you know? I, I'd, rather, I'd rather let the gospel be the only offense. So I don't put political signs in my yard. I, I don't want to politicize a pulpit. But I'll say this. There is a very simple social commentary here. Jesus speaking, truly, truly, he means it, he means it. I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. You know, there's a sign in our kitchen on the, that Tammy got, and uh, it says, uh, enter as strangers, leave as friends. We really mean that. Enter as strangers, leave as friends. We want you. Uh, come on in our house. However, if you knock on the door, and I invite you in, that can happen. But if you kick the door down and you demand that I give you my stuff, I'm going to shoot you. Sorry. I mean, that's a biblical, very easily argued principle. I'm not saying that we should be cold-hearted to the needy. My point is simply that there is one real shepherd savior and Jesus is the one who makes the claim and, and that it is deadly indeed to follow thieves and robbers. If somebody comes in in an illegitimate way, they're thieves and robbers and they, are, they shouldn't be trusted. And spiritually, that's the big point, of course. Spiritually, you know, Jesus is very tender with sinners. He's a friend of sinners. Um, he eats with them. He goes in their house. He's tender with sinners. But he's very, very, very hard on religious leadership. He calls them whitewashed tombs and that they're full of dead men's bones, the stench of death inside, whitewashed on the outside, nice and clean and religious and holy looking, but on the inside, stinking of death. He's, he's tough on them. And you know what? Um, it's fun to listen to Dr. Young in our staff meetings when we talk about this theologian or this person or this one who pops up or this uh, a theological position we are we clergy are tough on them and you know what you need to, the the other clergy can be tough on us be tough on me if i stray from the truth of this book then you take me apart do it cast me down um but 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 shepherds they're they're in charge of the flock, and I, you know I I may have I'm sure I've told you this before, but Rob Bell, you never heard of Rob Bell, Velvet Elvis, and all that. Um, he's just a universalist. Bleh. Um, I tweeted one time of several years ago that if I ever if I ever run into uh, Rob Bell in an airport, I'm going to cold cock him on the spleen. That was my tweet. <laughs> if I ever see him in the airport, hey, are you Rob Bell? Yeah. That's what I think about you and your theology. I won't even feel bad about it. Anyway. We might need to delete that from the recording, but let's move on to the next point. The legitimate shepherd is himself the door. In verse 7, Jesus, they didn't, it says that in verse 6, they didn't understand what Jesus was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, and this is amazing, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. 
So he's making two illustrations here. On the one, you've got the sheep pen with all the sheep in it, and the shepherd comes in, and the gatekeeper goes, oh, yeah, I know you. You're the shepherd of the sheep, obviously, and it's verified, too, because they all hear your voice. That wouldn't happen otherwise. Um, so you've got that one illustration, and then Jesus goes on and expands the meeting even more. He says, oh, by the way, you don't understand that? Okay, well, how, let me lay this on you. I am the door. You know, uh, in just a few, a couple of chapters, he's going to say, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. Here he's saying, I am the door of the sheep. Uh, verse 8, all who came before me are thieves and robbers. The sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. You see that redemptive uh, focus there. Uh, that means there's, there's danger there, enough to uh, destroy and or enslave. And notice what Jesus is claiming. He's the door. Um, uh, no one comes to the Father but through him. And the application for your life is simply that. There's one way. One way to God. One way to peace with your maker. You know, you grapple with... Uh, with ultimate questions, why am I here, and what is reality, and do my experiences really matter, and what about the case of suffering? You know, you suffer, and you go, can there be any reason for suffering? Is there any redemptive value of suffering? Um, anything at all that I could look back on and say, that had some kind of meaning in my life, rather than just, it toughened me up, or it maneuvered my circumstances so that I'm here today? Um, or, or do you look back at it and say, is there some greater meaning? Well, those are ultimate questions, and it's answered in the door. <laughs> it's answered in the door himself. There's one way to God, and uh, if you're searching for it, there's one way. It is Jesus Christ who died on a cross in the sinner's place. You guilty? Have you ever felt shame in your life? 100%. Of all humans, of all ages. I mean, I've asked that of elementary school kids. I've asked that at Madonna Learning Center. Have you ever felt ashamed over anything? 100% are nodding their heads. Well, that's, that's an indication that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What Jesus did is died in the place of the guilty one, the one who knows shame, the one who didn't have any shame, took our shame, died in our place so that we might live and have his righteousness. That is the gospel message. That's how that applies to your life. All right, last point. The legitimate shepherd gives life. In verse 10, it says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Well, that's pretty potent, isn't it? I would say that that backs up my little uh, main idea, wouldn't you? The only, it, there was only thief or shepherd and nothing in between. Um, so says Jesus, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. He's talking about Jewish religious leadership and its adherence to the, Lord, the law. You like the law? You like the law? You've obeyed some law. You lived a good life? Yeah, I've tried to. Uh, I've, I've tried to obey the law. I've tried to be as good as it can be. Okay? All right. Well, if you're going to do that, guess what? You got to go the whole way. If you, want it, if you want the law, you got to obey the whole law, and that's where it gets sticky. Um, can you be saved by observing the whole law? Can you be, can you be okay with God by uh, obeying 100% of God's law? Can you? Yep. But you didn't. You know who did? Jesus. Jesus came to fulfill God's law, every bit of it. Um, make no mistake, uh, James 4.4 4 says that uh, friendship with the world is enmity with God. There, there's a great chasm fixed 
uh, between sin and this holy God. So don't, don't think that um, everyone is just totally cool with your faith in Jesus. They're not. Um, Paul in Galatians 5 is where he calls the gospel an offense. It is an offense because it says you're not good enough. Well, that doesn't ring very well in our culture, does it? Uh, you're not good enough. You didn't do enough. You don't have enough. In fact, you don't have anything. Nothing. All your righteousness are as filthy rags. That's what you want to present to God? He says they're filthy rags. You got nothing. That's, that's an offense. Um, the context is that God's fondness can't be merited. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's just so beautiful. God's purpose for us, the great redeeming shepherd, is that we might have life and have it abundantly. And one of, the, one of the most beautiful things about that statement, uh, Jesus saying it before he's even died on the cross, he's, he's nearly in the shadow of it. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Yes, that means heaven. Yes, that means you're going to be okay and then we're going to have life everlasting. Yay. But now we have a fellowship with God. Now God is our heavenly father. Now the Lord Jesus is our Savior. Now the Holy Spirit indwells us. Now we walk through this strange pilgrimage in this life, and we are not alone, but we, God, God wants us to have abundant life now. Um, not only are things secure, but they're, they're in the shepherd's um, care. Uh, is Christ king? He is king, isn't he? He is? Well, that means he's got a kingdom. That means he's got subjects. Um, that, that means that we have fellowship with God uh, now. All right, application for your heart. Um, I think that you and I, by our lives, and I mean, when I say by our lives, the way we live, but also our highest allegiance, by, by our highest allegiance, and then the way we live because of that highest allegiance, I think that you and I are supposed to be a real conundrum for the world around us. I, I think that uh, our friends and acquaintances, people we work with, our relatives, anybody we happen to run into that we strike up a, di- a dialogue with, um, we're supposed to be a conundrum because they look at you and they go, oh, you're a, you're a, you're a Christian? Christ follow- Oh, okay. I mean, people make fun of it all the time. Oh, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they know that terminology. They think it's silly. So, you know, oh, great. You want to tell me about your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? They think you are obnoxious, and stupid, and you believe in a fairy tale. And yet, you love them with this profound love, and you're caring about their life, and you're treating them in a way that seems otherworldly. It's a conundrum. I think that's, that's our strongest gospel witness, is that we're, we create a conundrum. They think you're crazy, and at the same time, there's something strangely, deeply appealing about you and your countenance and um, your, your attitude toward uh, humanity, your, your safety of heart uh, uh, eternally, um, they, they have to deal with your strange love. Uh, I, think, I think the conundrum comes because we hear the voice of the shepherd, and uh, that is compelling and strange. All right, last thing, and I've shown this to you before, I think several years ago, but I just love this little video. Um, it's, it's just cool. Watch this.
that not cool? Did you notice uh, um, after the farmer had called him that somebody tried to talkie, 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 and the, the sheep turned their back and swung away? That scared them because it wasn't the, the shepherd's voice anymore. I'm telling you, that moves me so much because, I mean, it just, doesn't it remind you of coming to an awakening? You know, your, your, your eyes are open to see truth and your ears are open to hear it. And all of a sudden you hear and respond to the shepherd's voice and you don't even know why. You just, you're alive and, and you hear him. Um, there is only one shepherd and everything else is a, f- is, is a, is a falsehood. Uh, every, everything else is out to, to be a thief and a destroyer because there's only one way to eternal life. It's the, it's the shepherd. Let's pray that we would hear him uh, even more deeply, we who are in the household of faith. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that um, today and in the, in the few weeks to come, we would have a deeper and sweeter and more um, wondering and wonderful um, idea of what it is that you are a good shepherd, that we hear you, that we desire you. Lord, we are prone to wander. We feel it. We're like sheep who have gone astray. Um, we, we return to our own ways, our own methods. We, we fail to listen and we, we wander off. Uh, but we, we praise you that um, you will have us. You came to redeem those that the Father gave you. And uh, we who hear, uh, hear indeed. Might you be glorified in our praise and, and our love. And we pray it in your name. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Please come next week. <laughs>